0: sick and tired of the financial bondage that's been holding you back? Are you ready to take charge of your finances to cut your mortgage payment in half while reducing your taxes significantly? If yes, then this podcast is for you. Fiscal Fitness and Freedom can pay off the national debt in less than 10 years. So from humble beginnings of just about $500, dollars Scott built a billion-dollar mortgage company. So here's your host, Scott Smith.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Fiscal Fitness and Freedom. We're your hosts, Laura Lewis and Scott. How are you, Scott?
2: Doing good. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. It's a little chilly this week. I think fall has officially come and I'm back in long sleeves.
2: Yeah. The leaves are turning colors here in North Carolina.
1: You know, I think me and my friends were planning to do a trip to, to see all the foliage and it keeps getting postponed. And this happens every year. We're one week away. Okay, well, let's do it this weekend. Let's you know go up to mm-hmm. whatever. And every year we end up missing it because it happens so quickly.
2: Yeah, right. It's, it holds off, holds off, and then boom, suddenly it's over.
1: <laughs> it's like a
2: think it's I think it's right about happening now. Like about 20% of them out there look like they have color. The next yeah. few days, they should be all caught. Well,
1: it's just that quick. Yeah. Another big realization is that this time next year, we're going to be prepping for our presidential elections again.
2: Doesn't That's, that seem crazy already?
1: It just has flown. And I i mean, I feel like maybe in previous years, I remember a lot more campaigning a year prior. And mm-hmm. that really kind of brought it more to reality. But I, I mean, you hear stuff and you see like, Debates and stuff happening, but I haven't really felt like we're in election season yet. And right. it, you know, it, it's just a very different feeling from a prior election, mm-hmm. which is so interesting. And I know you and I have discussed it very slightly, but you have some interesting ideas behind not having a president
2: as just one. Oh, president. at all? Yeah, I don't yeah. think we <laughs> should have a president at all. You know, I think it's I think it's the natural evolution of nations and democracy over time you know we used to have kings you know and back then if you said maybe we won't have kings everybody would think you were nuts how can you run a country without a king you know and um, now we look at that and we find there are certain countries that have kings and like well why do you have a king and so I think it's the same thing's going to happen with the presidency you know we were sort of halfway there in the sense that the president is not a replacement for a king. A president is already in checks and balances with a Congress, you know. And president really doesn't make laws. The president will sign a law. You know, Congress makes the laws. But so doesn't
1: he have like executive power to veto or to like force things through at some point?
2: He can veto a bill that Congress puts through and then they can override with a certain vote certain um. percentage, they can override his veto. So it still becomes law nonetheless. And he can do, he can issue certain proclamations. There, there are certain rules that he can do an executive order on. And, and, and that's a limited power that the president really has. And so I think that, you know, my view on the presidency is similar to my view on parties. I, it's like, it's I really feel like we should not have parties at all, you know that that the two-party system is extremely damaging to our nation today. It was warned against by a number of our founding fathers and I think that in the same way a single president is also is is a real challenge. And, and so I think that Eventually, the President will be replaced by, say, a presidential council, maybe a council of three or five or seven, probably some odd number. Five is probably the optimal number for that in terms of you know organizational psychology. But if we had a council of five that had the exact same responsibilities that the president has and and maybe it could be done under the majority of the council, so it's not you don't need. On consensus or unanimity, but the majority of the five, whatever they whatever you know they voted, they would veto a bill or they would pass the bill or they would issue a proclamation, you know mm-hmm. and that is a great open invitation to ranked voting too, because then you you could have large amounts of people in the initial field in the primaries, and then ranked voting narrows the field to maybe 10 or 15 people in the final and out of, and and ranked voting is where you go and you order, you say, this is my number one, this is my number two, my number three, my number four, my number five, you know? Right. And so total points gained through ranked voting, the five top elected ones, they become, they become the council of five. But I think it also opens up another door you know, ideally, let's say you had, you had gotten rid of the party system, you're voting on five different people based on their merits. You're not even this Democrat versus Republican thing anymore. It's like five different people, many who may be very collaborative with each other. So it opens up the door. You're, you're you've really gotten rid of a lot of the divisiveness. Right. plus, it opens the door to staggered terms so if you have five people as the presidential council every three years or whatever the term's going to be um, every two years if it's going to be a four-year term or every three years if it's a six-year term and i think a six-year term is probably best so every two or three years you would elect either two or three members so they'd be staggered over each other you get some continuity out of that and you can have sea changes out of that really good for the voters to be able to observe you know how things are going and respond appropriately so i think the idea of a single and and then you don't have all this focus on personality you know and and you, you also really diminish see sort of the egoic power of the person, you know, right. It's, they're not the President. Someday, <laughs> I think we'll look back and just find it absurd that we ran it that way for as long as we did. and i I'm really heartened because, like when I go around talking about this stuff, I find you know, the, uh, the 30 year olds and twenty year olds in our nation just like um they're they're not just receptive to the idea, but a lot of them have already been reading on that idea they're they you know that's um that's where i th- i think the collective consciousness of our nation is changing and moving towards that direction so it will be a natural thing that people will embrace at some point in time
1: i think the concept of just terms in general are mm-hmm. is so important i think right now there everything is kind of split up right like senators have a certain term amount and mm-hmm. House the house has different The president has different supreme court is lifetime uh, so it's just all of these a, different <laughs> yeah well and i'm curious to you like one who came up with that why and like oh wow i think you know i at some point i think i read something on how it's a lifetime appointment so that there's not they can't be bought or can't be biased to like the next one but i feel like that's as you know, in recent events, we have heard that that's already happening. Like they, they mm-hmm. are, they are being biased. And so what is, what was the thought process behind that? And why can't it just be a normal thing? Why is this such a lifetime situation? People literally dying on the bench. Yeah.
2: yeah I think that was, that was a classic mistake. No, you're the rationale is just what you say, you know, they're in for life. And so they don't have to worry about being reelected. Well, you could. Get rid of the worry about being reelected by saying you can only serve one term, couldn't you?
1: That's very true.
2: <laughs> so that's um, that's it. And I think it comes from a really old time of, you know, you're going to be old and you've gathered enough knowledge and enough wisdom and stuff like that. But today, a lot of the older people are more out of touch than right. middle aged people or younger people just because nothing wrong with the individual, it's that, you know, technology advances at such a rapid pace, you know, that it's really hard to stay on top of your game. And so I think that the rationales that existed for a lifetime with the Supreme Court, justice are gone, and that we would be much better off. Look, I've I've seen proposals, what I like the best is three-year terms for House of Representative, because two is so fast, like they're always campaigning again, three-year terms for House of Representatives, six-year terms for the senators, half the senators are re-elected every three years, you know, and the council of the presidential council would be every three years, two would be elected, then the next three years, three would be elected, and they go back and forth on that. And I think Supreme Court justices, six-year terms, and one or two, term limit you know i like the one term limit but to you know if somebody's in there 12 years that's you know beyond 12 years even for senators you know you know should keep it fresh (laughs) you know maybe you could have four terms as a house of representative that's 12 you know four three-year terms two as a as a senator you know if somebody just wants to be a career politician they they serve twelve years in the House of Representatives, twelve in and, in and the Senate, and, and then they're out of there. You don't want anyone around twenty four years. That's kind of right crazy. So you know, and you could have two year two year limits on the uh, presidential council too. Some sort of you know one or two year limits. And if you get rid of parties at the same time, that's a if you could do this with a two party system, of course. But you get a very much an us against them exactly. dynamic like the, how yeah, many um, yeah exactly so the, getting rid of the parties i think it's just absolutely essential to having a having a well run country in the future i think the parties are currently doing Brilliant job at proving that point.
1: Yeah, they don't need any help
2: with that. No help. They're really they're uh, every day they nail that one. You know, <laughs> should we have parties just uh, watch the news for one day? Parties it really are is
1: just highly it. highly
2: destructive.
1: But yeah. you know, I think it's all by design, right? I think I read a, mm-hmm. a great book called Hate Inc. and it's about how the media is only profitable when it's divisive, right? Like it's most profitable because then you're mm-hmm. only splitting it two ways and I think the parties run on the same thing. If it's not divisive, like how can you polarize enough to get just that polarization of a vote? Like, okay, Mm -hmm. you might not agree with everything I say, but I'm in this party. So by default, you're going to vote for me because it's one of two options and it just uh, to, it's difficult, you know, like you have to Mm -hmm. constantly prove different things to yourself and to others. And that's not what it's about ultimately.
2: No, not at all. It's, it's, it's just like, you know, list, you know, 12 different issues, budget, you know, deficit, debt, I mean, you know, benefits, etc. To think that they fall into two camps in terms of solutions is like the most absurd black and white thinking that you can ever come up with, you know, and they would not fall you wouldn't have that divisiveness around most issues. There are some issues that are naturally polarizing, I think, but most issues are not naturally polarizing. Right. And so to artificially concoct the issue so that it becomes polarizing is not, it's it's destructive and it only serves a partisan goal of, being in power, gaining power for a party, which is an amorphous entity to start with, you know?
1: Well, and I, I always trip out on, I know we had this discussion once on how the parties have switched and, you know, being left meant something different than right. And now like it's completely crossed over. They have switched issues
2: a number of times.
1: Interesting. Like how, how does one party stand for something 50 years ago and that same thing that they stood for is now is a completely different party.
2: It's Well, the only reason that can happen is that partisan thinking is an artificial form of thinking that involves brainwashing, and its purpose is just to grab power. And so when your purpose is to grab power, you may switch positions on an issue because you see you're going to get more members. And so you'll switch. And it's only to get the power. It's you know the only, the only purpose of a political party is to garner power. And the and a great irony, in that is, you know, a lot of the people who lead that party are not elected politicians. We want them to have any power at all. They're not even an elected official. And so, just by permitting a party, permitting parties, we we have damaged the political ecosystem and damaged our ability to bring about solutions. So, right. yeah, I do think getting rid of parties and getting rid of the presidency and replacing it with a presidential council would be a tremendous move forward for all nations in the end, not just our nation. It's it's a superior form of governance.
1: Does, does anybody else in the world that do something like this?
2: Wow, not that I've heard of. No, they have premiers and chancellors and presidents, you know, they have different names and there's some functional differences between, you know, like uh, the prime minister in New Zealand and our president, but not huge. It's still focused on one person. And and I don't know if any countries have gotten rid of parties yet either. That's a good question, but just because no one's done it doesn't mean it's not the superior and the right thing to do. <laughs>
1: I think like every time I've watched a movie or a show or it shows like a futuristic scene, it's always a council. I like oh, just realized yeah, this. Yeah, like true. Even like Smart silly track. shows like Rick and Morty or like a cartoon, like every time it's like a future scene, it's a council. Or if it's like a society that's very, very advanced, even mm-hmm. if it's not the future, like they travel to a different universe, always mm-hmm. a council. Mm -hmm. And they don't have any parties. Like everybody's just operating in this. You know what I mean? Like it's like so peaceful. There you go.
2: Science fiction and the arts have already.
0: (laughs) They've already already figured that out. (laughs)
2: They've already figured this out. And here I'm just coming across it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it does. It's you saw that in Star Trek. That was in Star Wars. Yeah, at these councils. I think yeah. the only
1: movie I've seen from the fe- for the future that has the president is Idiocracy, where they're basically saying like the world just gets more and more progressively more dumb. Yeah. and that's the only one that I've seen that has the president <laughs> in the future.
2: That's probably how it's going to go if we if we get. M- more progressively, more dumb, we'll keep a presidency and we'll keep the two party system.
1: <laughs> I hope we go the other way. We have too we, many. We schools get smarter.
2: Now we we'll get rid of parties and we'll we'll have a council instead of a presidency. That's going to be the acid test. If you want to know the direction, just see removing that.
1: <laughs> I mean, it would have to be very difficult, right? Because the people yeah. who are holding these positions are like going back to the bias and like what's pushing it and it's to, to be voted into power. So I think mm-hmm. for them to relinquish that or change that in any way would be very difficult to come into
2: right I mean it's like if I take like an issue that when I go around talk about things that is always nonpartisan people immediately you're you're not kidding it's like getting rid of pacs political action committees everyone like which is Congress anywhere near getting rid of pacs no no <laughs> my god they're they're the only 400 some people in our entire nation that might want to keep them. Right. (laughs) It's crazy.
1: And unfortunately they're making the rules.
2: (laughs) Right. And it's the same. Another one should Congress have to live by the same rules, same healthcare system we have. Absolutely. But you know, I don't, I haven't seen a single vote for a proposal in Congress. that says, Hey, why don't we have the same healthcare system as, our constituents.
1: <laughs> we would love that. <laughs> complicated. Yeah.
0: yeah. So that's the
2: problem is I think that the people of this nation would could get behind a, a council instead of a president and could get behind getting rid of the parties. But that's the irony is that we're supposedly a democracy and, and what the people feel in general doesn't count. But I do feel <laughs> like where the strength is, is if If these ideas get out there and there's enough people talking about them, when a candidate sees they will get elected, if they endorse this one idea, then it can happen. So it's really up to people to circulate this idea, get behind it and begin to promote it enough and get it into mainstream discussion. Yeah, Then it can happen because absolutely we could elect people in who say they're going to make that happen. I'd vote for them. And then we'd have a much better, much better country.
1: I think that that's the goal.
2: Well, this was a nice episode. Good question. I uh, love to hear people's comments on this, you know, and love to try to get these ideas. We should ask people to share this pod, these podcasts, get out there and share this because it's only by spreading this word that these types of ideas will become mainstream discussions. So thank you, everyone. Thanks, Laura. See you soon. Bye-bye.
0: So that's it for today's episode of Fiscal Fitness and Freedom. Head on over to iTunes or wherever you listen and subscribe to the show. One lucky listener every single week who posts a review on iTunes. will win a chance in a grand prize drawing to win a $25,000 value grand prize drawing for a private VIP mentoring session with Scott Smith himself. Be sure to head on over to FiscalFitnessandFreedom.com and pick up a copy of Scott's blueprint to discovering your own unique formula to personal success. And join us on the next episode.